Welcome to our weekly broadcast of Coffee Around the Mesa. As a place of joy, fellowship, and discussion around Scripture. Coffee Around the Mesa, or tea as the case may be. Or that weird green stuff that Pastor David seems to like. Whatever your chosen beverage, we're glad you've joined us for the fun and conversation. And remember, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast and video are solely those of the individuals expressing it. We talk about God, Jesus, the Bible, and a variety of other personal topics that may be provocative, difficult, or intriguing to hear. This podcast and video is not affiliated to any particular church or religious denomination. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. Coffee around La Mesa. Ben and David and I laugh a lot. <laughs> yes, we do. And he pokes at see, both see, of us. I see. He yeah. agreed. She was going to start. And he's like, hello, friends. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Welcome. Rip. We're so glad you're here this morning. We're changing up our routine for the summer. And we're just glad you're here. Um, we're hanging out outside uh, with some fans on. It's beautiful weather. And um, yeah, we just want to let you know that we welcome your comments and your feedback. We're on Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, a bunch of places you can find us. Let us know what you think. Um, we also don't want to like harm you or cause anything that's like, you know, triggering or uncomfortable. Um, sometimes that's unavoidable, but if that feels like something that might happen today, then just bounce out, go celebrate the summer. Don't <coughs> don't listen to us. Um, we're not affiliated with any church organization or individual or nonprofit. We're three friends who laugh at each other and um, have a good time together. Yeah, and joke with each other. And who are we? <laughs> none of us. She forgot that part. None, <clears throat> none of us are authorities. Yeah, that, that's one piece. Yep, that's um, another one. He always starts with, welcome to Coffee Around La Mesa. I did that. I did you? That. You did. You did. She did? Okay. I'll check. I think you just said hi. <clears throat> oh. Welcome to Coffee Around La Mesa. See? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I can't hold a candle to David Mateo. Yeah, he's very good. If you expect good. me to, just go ahead and stop everything. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. Forever. Anyway, um, you're going to tell us about the scripture this morning, That's which right. is 1 Samuel. Yeah, yeah, but before doing that, before I would, I would, that. Yes, I would love to uh, honor uh, why I'm having this teacher today. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And it's because uh, I'm supporting. Uh, people in Colombia who is in this on the streets they're protesting against a lot of injustices that is happening are happening there so I just uh, put on this t-shirt as as um, my support to them if uh, in spirit but um, I just want to send that message to our friends in Colombia mm -hmm. that we are with them from here in solidarity. In solidarity. Yes. Absolutely. So, well, the scripture is about um, same, first Samuel, mm -hmm. um, between 14 and 16, maybe that's a good context to say it. Uh, nope. uh, we don't want to eliminate some of the good context that is happening in this story. Uh, well, this is the story of how, how God chooses David as a king. Um, um, and, and it's not what we... It's not how democracy works. Let's say it is the way. <laughs> That's for sure. So we normally think that God will be, or let's say the God of the Hebrew people will be more 
is more dem democracy in this, but it's not. It's, it's just a kingdom, a, ki a kingship. Uh, he decides to get rid of soil or soul because soul has has made um, has made some bad choices according to their plan, and then um, Samuel, who is who is the prophet who anointed uh, Saul. It's 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 very it's very affected and he's crying very depressed, and then God is is just done with Saul and says, you know, I regret having chosen him as a king. Um, he's doing very bad, uh, and then he, he didn't follow my orders. So and then Saul Samuel is just crying. They're very depressed, and God spoke to spoke to Samuel and saying, you know, Samuel. You, you get up. That's enough. You stop crying for, for Saul. And, and I have another king for you to choose. So he goes with him, led him to this place, uh, and found a bunch of kids uh, that are very handsome and they're uh, very smart and tall. And, and then uh, he said, God, you know, Samuel, this time don't try to look for, for the look, good looking ones. Uh, find the ones that for the heart. So, and then uh, Samuel uh, decides to choose David, which in the case uh, was the minor, uh, uh, you know, was uh, uh, smallest of, youngest. the youngest of all Absolutely, the ones. Yeah. And then, and then um, what is interesting is that the Bible says that David was very handsome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the thing how... Do you, do you have that on a plaque somewhere in your house? Yeah, <laughs> sure, right? <laughs> but the thing is that God told him, no, you know, God told him, not to choose by how they look. Exactly. Outward, he said, don't, don't depend on outward appearances. Exactly. Right? Like, wasn't right. that kind of the... But that David was, was very handsome. And he so. just turned out to be pretty gorgeous handsome, on top yeah. of that. Icing on the cake. Exactly. Yeah. So. We'll take it. Ah, you're smoking hot. That's fine. Yep. <laughs> you know, that, that's a kind of a thing <laughs> that happens during the, the whole scripture in, in the in Old Testament, uh, or the Hebrew Bible, is that they're always mentioned about people, how people look. Oh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah was a good-looking woman, for example. Oh, yeah. But a total oppressor. Yeah, completely. Yeah, and, and David is a good-looking good looking man, exactly. and Saul is a good-looking man. So the thing I was just thinking about is, what do you think about this thing on God choosing kings and, and how God is choosing these uh, people in authority? Um, a, what is the criteria that God uses to choose people for to be king or, or things like that? Oh, just the fact that God regrets about putting Saul as a king. So what do you think about that? I mean, I think that's really interesting about God actually regretting it and not being happy about the fact that Saul was chosen. But at the process that he goes forward with, even though he does, it, it, it doesn't come across in the full set of the rules that have been laid out, the key thing is you must look deep into the heart and the spirit of that individual. Is that individual, do they have the heart truly of a benevolent leader? One who really truly believes in the work that God sets forward for us. So that's wonderful. And you know it moves forward from there. And you know if you read through um, the scripture before and after, as David has spoken about, 
you know, Saul was, he just made one mistake after the next and after the next. And it's, it's so much that even God says, wow, I've made a horrific mistake. And I'm even going to break my own rules about how I'm going to fix this situation. And he replaces Saul with David. You think that's, there was a coup? A coup? Uh -huh. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, God is all powerful. So God, so God has make, you know, where the center of power is, you know, I think there's that benevolence and, you know, within God, and you can think of that, you know, even as a congregationist as well, we'll, we'll, live, we'll live with this, we'll deal with this until we get to a breaking point. Yeah. And a breaking point comes and I said, we, we just can't do this any longer because too much damage has been done. Yeah. And therefore, we must find a new leader. Wow. That that's that's so interesting about mm. um I feel like it's like maybe like a little bit of like oh hitting rock bottom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? And um It's very psychological. Right. And I feel very curious about the point like what's the point of that? Like why why is that a story that's so often repeated through history and what we read about even in the Hebrew Bible, right? Like these yeah. people that get to this place of total, you know, devastation and um, is deprivation the right word? Like, yeah, that and too. then it's like, okay, now it's like, are we not smarter than that? Can God not intervene before that? Like, why do we, why are we waiting? Why, why is the, why is there a waiting and, until that place? And, and even in how, like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm gonna say. Yeah, just say it. <laughs> well, it's and, the everlasting love. But what? I mean, I guess just. But what part of, like, if my okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do the like I'm gonna pull my mom card here, or like I'm gonna do that parent thing. Like, if my kid is struggling forever, I'm not gonna be like, let's wait till you're failing school to get an intervention. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, I would be like, seems like you are having some hard times with like your, um, you know nouns and adverbs or it right. seems like you know writing paragraphs is really challenging for you right. like let's intervene before we're hitting rock bottom right so i guess i just feel curious about why like why that's not happening that's right. human nature we <laughs> you were saying you know as we read through it in the history of the greek bible and whatnot you can pick up the washington post and the new york times and the wall street journal and you know time you know time magazine and whatever yeah. i mean this is human nature. We get to a breaking point before we do something about it in a substantive way, whereby we said, all right, we, we've done everything that we can. We must do something about it. And I'll pull a father card. I know what that's like in terms of, you know, a, a son or a daughter, a child that is struggling. And you, you try and guide them and you help them. And, you know, at a certain point, you, you really want them to do this on their own, to learn those skills. But if they get to a point where they just aren't doing it and circumstances make it where a change must be made, then you have to step in and then you have to really push through. And I think that's what this example of God, you know, sort of breaking the rules and saying, you know, I'm not gonna take this democratic view of how we're gonna do this. I'm going to choose an individual. And he states, you know, don't look at if they're tall and handsome and strong and whatnot. You're going to look deep into their heart. It just turns out that David is gorgeous and beautiful and all the rest, which they really speak to. 
in the scripture. So it's at a certain point we have to do something. And I think that is human nature. We see it time and time and time again. But you know that something interesting about the story is that the way Saul came as a, to be a, a king is because Israel was asking for a king. They said, all the nations, they have a king, and we want one too. And, and God wanted to be their king. And that was the ideal, right? Mm -hmm. the, a nation of having God as a king and not as an individual. But this is a tricky thing, that God says, okay, I'm going to give you the chance to have a king, but I am the one who will choose it. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and he chose somebody to fail. He's, he chose someone that did fail. Did fail. So he was like, he, let's he, say that God knows, right? That yeah, God so yeah he, like, so wait, are you saying he did? He, are you, he chose someone that he knew would fail. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I actually want to ask for forgiveness. I think I, I, think I just like tried to correct your English when really sure, sure. I shouldn't have done that. No, it's fine. It's okay. I'm nope. learning. I'm learning too. Yeah, we're but all learning. But I think that you were actually saying, I think you were actually right. I think you were actually saying God chose someone to fail. Versus I, think, I think your version will be a little bit better. It is like mm -hmm. God knew that this guy will fail and, you know, eventually fail. Exactly. But, it, but this is the ethical part that is, 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 is strolling in my mind. Is right. God knew that Saul will fail. Right. Even though he get, he get, God gave them this king. Right. As, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that king. Mm -hmm. And you will compare you will see. Wait, so, so was God intentional in choosing someone who was going to fail? Or did God say, I mean, could God have chosen someone else who would have been successful? But he didn't do that. He God didn't, didn't do it. No, I mean, I'm curious, right? So like, that, that he, he did, God did choose a, a failure. So the thing is that, my, my thing is is, is, is God trying to tell these people, I want to give you a lesson that human being, leading, leading other human being could be dangerous. Mm -hmm. uh, it's better to have me as a king and not as a human okay, being. Okay, so I don't want to beat up God, right? I mean, I love God, but it sounds like what you're saying is like a little bit selfish, a little bit. Well, remember, this is the, the God of the Old Testament, of God of the Hebrew Bible. <laughs> I mean, that's like, it's like if I was like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, ex-husband? Yeah, let me set you up on a date with someone. She sucks. <laughs> Go on dates with her. She's terrible, right? As opposed to the person who yeah, he is dating, and, you know, she's wonderful, and, and you know, they're, they're lovely together, and they're going to have a successful life. You know, like, what if, I mean, that seems pretty terrible. It seems like, yeah. Well, there's a lot. <laughs> to, like, intentionally choose someone And now you know why who... the New Testament is my favorite testament. But there are great... Because <laughs> you can't make sense of <laughs> but, but, why but you, you would can. set there, someone there up for still, failure. There are still great lessons to be taught from the Old Testament. And this is one that I have taught about several times over the many years. And I, I think you um, are on the right... I, I think you're definitely right. I think God... Because the Israelites begged for... A God, or I'm sorry, a, a king, king yeah. here on earth. Right. They didn't want this mystical, I, sure. I want a king that's here. Yeah. And God said, no, that is not what my goal is for all of us and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is really about 
understanding that I am your God and it is up to y'all to do the right thing and to follow those rules and to take on the responsibilities of taking care of all of creation. Yeah, like more of a community. And to be God. benevolent and a community and, and all those and God's, very positive God's things. God's a little bit anarchist in a way. Well, but, not unlike our good friend here. So, But, 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 <laughs> but right, like you're, yeah. what you're saying is that God is like, hey, this is about community. You guys take care of each other. Exactly right. Or, you know, y'all take care of each other, like however Southern we want to be. And God's like, you know, I'll kind of be on the sidelines. I'll, you know, make sure it rains and mm-hmm. make sure there's some sunshine for your plants. But exactly. like, you know, you guys can do this. Like, I believe yep. in you. Absolutely. And the people are like, we don't believe in ourselves. Exactly. And that's the lesson that's Give us that's the there. rules. Give us the laws. We want to follow them and give us a human that representation of, of ruler, of leadership. Well, right. the, the thing is this, it sort of repeats again itself it's like oh yeah god saying i want to be your king right and the people say no thanks right. but not thanks yeah it's like i got a garden for you <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> you don't have to work <laughs> thanks but not thanks exactly and they they make their own choice right and then god gets mad right and put a tree there don't touch my tree or like okay i got it <laughs> this is your tree <laughs> so now the, it sounds like god is kind of frustrated and then like continually frustrated exactly and god regrets again and says oh jeez i put soul Oh, and then got got because it got even worse. But instead of saying, "Hey, did you see that that the human king didn't work for you? Yeah, exactly Why right. did you choose me again?" Exactly. But instead, God says, "I'm gonna give you another king." Right. And that, he messed it up too. Yeah. David really David was not makes the perfect mistakes person. along the way. You know, he was not perfect. He made a lot of mistakes too. But but <laughs> but the Bible says that. David's heart was according to God's heart. Yeah, exactly. He's a man after God's own heart. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. A man, a man after, after God's, God's own, own heart. heart. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's, you know, because it, it speaks to the fact that we are fallible, yeah. favorite creations of God. Yeah. But the fallible part is what we see written yeah. in all the scripture. And we see a lot of it as we go through each of the books of yeah. the Old Testament. And but it's really important as of what's really there deep inside. And what was sad for everyone involved was that what was deep inside Saul, this chosen individual, was that that good heart was not there. Mm. Well, well, you know, but the thing is that Saul has to make very very tough decisions. It's like God ordered him to kill whole nation yeah and and he refused to do that he said i I won't kill children Mm -hmm. i won't do that and Mm -hmm. and by the way if there's some animals here i'm gonna bring them to our camp you know uh i I won't kill them uh this will feed our soldiers and Mm -hmm. so but he was disobeying god or the prophet Mm -hmm. but he refused to that and then that's why God basically says, enough. Right. You're not following my orders. I did tell you to kill children, adults, women, elder, and whatever. Whoever yes. it was in front of you, and Saul decided not to do it. Yeah. 
And that's the hard, hard part to of, try and extract yeah, out a positive same. story out of this. And the only way to do that is to, to look at what's deep in the heart of the individual, what's deep in the heart of this, of, of this you know, failed human being. Wait, but also what's deep in the heart of God? Yeah, it's, it's, it's questionable mean, this, on a regular just, basis. Like if I, if I was like somehow connected to God and God somehow was speaking to me and was like, go ahead and kill everybody, I'd be like, uh, I would not believe on. that was the voice of the Lord. Yeah, I, exactly. I wouldn't believe that. I'd be like, that's not God's voice. Like well, God wouldn't tell me to do that. The God yeah. of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, got a reputation of asking people to kill people. You know, on a regular Abraham, basis. No, I hear you. <laughs> I Abraham just... killing him, so his son Isaac. Absolutely, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's just like, you don't have to watch Game of Thrones, just read through the Book of Kings. It's just it's hard for me to reconcile. Like, that's just a hard thing for me to reconcile. Like, I'm just, I hear, I hear like this part where we're talking about humanity as like, what's in our hearts? But right. when I think about a God, yeah or the God, or whatever word we're supposed to use before God, and we're saying, this is the God who told, pe told the leaders to kill the people. Yes, let's get rid of all I the can't, Philistines. I, I like, can't assimilate but that. Just, I think that in order to clean the air here is that mm -hmm. it's okay to say, I disagree with the, the vision of God that this writer had. Right. I disagree with that vision. That the writer had. Uh, the, the writers. Mm -hmm. You know, they have this vision of God of being cruel and, and, and as you said, authoritarian. And, but I disagree with that. Because that is not my experience with, my experience with God. My personal experience mm -hmm. hasn't passed through that, that type of God. It's just hard to imagine that that, like if I think about the definition of God. And God, that's a problem. Just oh, right there. Sure. No yeah. problem. Bear with me for 30 seconds. <laughs> True. Uh, but, but like if I think about the concept of God, who God is, what God is, there's nothing within me that's like a list of 100 adverbs or adjectives that describe God. Never on that do, am I going to write killer. Exactly. Murderer. Yeah. Like that's just, and we don't have to get off on this tangent. It's just for me, like, well, this is what it's you're very like, but I will be very niche here. Why, why not? <laughs> oh, Lordy. Why not? Why God, why, why, why God has to be good? Well, you can be not good and not be a killer and a murderer. Absolutely. You can just quote unquote, whatever good means. Like, a pain but I, I mean, <laughs> I'm, but like murder and killing and death and stuff, like that's a boundary for me that I'm like, yeah. no. These are capital crimes. And I mean, this is the problem with the Old Testament because you have to try, you have to work hard to extract out some positive story around all of this horrible acts and malfeasances that are going on on a regular basis. Uh, and that's the problem with the Old Testament that I find in, as you say, the interpretation of God in the hands of these authors of these scripture. So that's really the issue. And we just have to look at what does it mean with regard to a good heart, a true good heart, a godly heart. And I think we have to focus on that because if you spend any time, if you look to the left or the right, you're just gonna see murder and mayhem, literally, and, and butchery. It's 
you know that a, a character that I think is forgotten in the story, or we are not giving too much attention to the, the, the character, is the character of Samuel, the prophet. Right. He's crying. He's very depressed because of Saul. Disobedience. He, he has some lament that he presents with and, and to, the to, point that to God, God. Yeah, that God has to tell him it's enough. Yeah, because Samuel Stop actually crying. anointed Saul. <laughs> you know, he <laughs> made it official. Yeah, he is, that's enough. You have been crying for this guy. It's enough. Mm-hmm. Move on. <laughs> exactly. So how do you feel about that? No, don't ask me how I feel about it. I don't like it. <laughs> well, she just told you. I don't like it. That's what the Bible said. That he said, move on. You got to move on. So, what's your, so can we go back to this a little bit? So then what is your deal with it? Like when you're saying... <laughs> <laughs> My deal. Yeah, what's your deal? <laughs> anyway, what's your deal with like thinking, like, like how do you make sense of that when you're like, maybe God is you know, a murderer and a killer, and that's okay. Like, why would that not be an attribute of God? Like, how do you reconcile that? Yeah. I think we, we have a... Well, it's, it's, I don't even try to reconcile that. Yeah. I think I have, I have to come... There's something that is called um, process theology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's more open to what we think. Process theology, in part, says that there is a chance that God, God is not omnipresent or God is not omnipotent? Potent? Omnipresent. Omnipotent. Omnipotent yeah. or and omnipresent. Or, so yeah. there's a chance that Omnipotent God is not like is, that. Yeah. So this is process theology. Mm-hmm. So and in that parenthesis on that includes that God maybe is not so good as we thought. Uh, maybe there's a side of God that is, is evil, mm-hmm. that, that allows things Bad things happen to good people. Yeah. Uh, and that, and not necessarily has to do with evil, but it has to be like life is like that. Mm-hmm. It's like because we are have accustomed to see things are evil or bad or holy or, you know, or evil. Let's say that way, or good or bad or, or, or wrong or right. Mm-hmm. So this is the the way we here on earth we process things. But what if things are not evil? Are just things. What if are Things are not good or bad, are just things. Uh, so a person killing children, for example, maybe it's not evil, there's nothing evil in that. For some people who say, we need to conquer this land and we, we have to kill even the children because if they grow up, they will, go, uh, will come against us. And this is practically what you said on, on this um, m- many, many pictures of war today of uh, armies uh, capturing kids today uh, mm-hmm. because they think the reasoning is if they grew up, they, they will come against us. So what I'm trying to say is that I'm not saying that God is evil or not. What I'm saying is that how my understanding of goodness or evil is affecting my definition of God. How much of my fears, how much of my, of my desire to be loved or my need to be loved is imposing in my definition of God. Well, I mean, then you have to, I mean, if, you, if one does that and compartmentalizes the actions, then one somehow or another is finding a way to reconcile genocide. That's, that's I think that's impossible in a good mind, yeah. in a good heart. You can't. And I want it's to clarify that too, that mm-hmm. I'm not, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, 
pro-genocides or you know, killing children. I'm not yeah. in that. And I'm not saying that God is, is evil. I'm not saying that. I'm just right. saying that some cert certain group of theologians thinks that what we think about God is not necessarily what God really is. Yeah, exactly. And how has an author, a, a human being, defined and described God? But genocide and the things that we are seeing, that's just power again. That's just power. I want power over this group of individuals. And again, here we are, we talked about exclusion and separation. And that's what happens when we make exclusion and separation and us versus them the highest of things that we can reach for. And as a result, we have all of these horrible acts of, of terror that occur. And individuals that are in love with power and separation will do anything to maintain that power, that sense of comfort. And, and I think that comfort, sense of, and the sense of separation. Yeah, absolutely. But like, that's it, yeah. But it's all about comfort. Because you can't if feel want, you can't feel connected. Yeah. If I don't like want that. this individual or this group of individuals to rise to a level that is competitive to me or has any say, I like where I am in charge of everything. I want to wipe them out. And that's kind of what we're seeing in this scripture. It's like, you know, you must get rid of all of the Philistines and by any means necessary. And you will, it's okay, you break all the rules. And that's an issue. But you think you know, that, sorry to interrupt you, do you think mm -hmm. that maybe a nation who's in shape, in forming, like Israel in, that was in those days, mm -hmm. they need to have some kind of literature that empowers them to do that kind of things. Like, let's say, but that's an excuse. Let's say that, let's, yeah, it's like an excuse. Like, yeah, let's say that God is sending us to do this, even when it's not true. Mm -hmm. uh, just to have this reference that God, all the gods are sending us to do this. So is that using God as an, as a, as an excuse, as a, as a tool mm -hmm. to do their own stuff? Which is a problem. And, and the problem with an excuse is that it's not truth. I tell this to my right, kids. We're using it to rationalize and justify exactly. something. Exactly. And all you have to do is stick with truth. And sometimes the truth is hard. But going with an excuse and the logical consequences that come from that are horrific. And then you end up with murder and mayhem and all the rest of the horrible sins mm -hmm. that human beings are capable of. Mm -hmm. It happens we every have day. To I know. We have to stay with the truth. And I think that's... The, the, the best that we can extract out of this scripture in terms of finding a true heart. And within that heart, they follow the truth, even when they have done the wrong thing. And you know, I think that's the one small snippet that we can get out of this story about God's reaction as it is written by this individual or individuals. I mean, maybe many of the books of the Bible were written by committee. And that's got an issue in and of itself. Yeah. And this is why we have so many conflicts and issues in and around the scripture. More so in the Old Testament than in the New Testament. New Testament has plenty of examples of this also. So we have to you know, be really, really clear about what we're reading, how we discern what we are reading, and what do we get out of it. Or do we get nothing out of it, as you have said in the past. I absolutely agree. There are passages in the Bible that I get nothing from, zero. It doesn't take me anywhere. It doesn't help me 
um, in any way, shape, or form. And that's why I try to simplify all of this. But in that and, and simplifying is, you know, because when we complicate, we complicate a situation by trying to come up with situations that excuse away from the truth. Mm -hmm. Just look at the truth. Just mm -hmm. speak the truth. Mm -hmm. If you do that, regardless of how hard it is, then you're off and running. And then you know you're going in the right path. And when you stick with truth, that's truth is love. So, Stacey, what do you, why do you fear uh, about having a God that is not good, for example? That is that's not, that's not, it's not good. Oh, that's not good? Oh, no, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have a fear of a God that I don't, whatever good means. Uh, I'm just but like a murderer, like a mm. killer. Like, it, that's, like, not part of my God concept. Like, I'm vegetarian, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> like, I was a midwife. I mean, like, I just remember, like, having this conversation for years with people, and they'd, be like, and they would say to me, they're, like, but are you even pro-life? And I'm, like, I catch babies for a living, and I'm vegetarian. <laughs> right, like, right. <laughs> like, what? Like, all I'm doing is, like, producing life. Like, that's my goal. Um, and so I just have a very, uh, like, and... I, I'm a little bit, how, how do I say this word? How do I say this? I'm a, I'm a little bit sensitive. Like some movies that some of my friends can watch, right. I can't watch them. They're just scary, right? Right. I, I don't want to watch somebody getting killed. Like that's not entertainment to me. Right. That's not enjoyable. I'm going to have nightmares and lock my door twice and be scared. So exactly. like, I'm, you know, I think maybe, maybe it's just a personal thing for me um, where I'm not just, I'm not okay with like the death and murder part of life um, or afterlife or I don't know, whatever. So to imagine that there's a God that's like kill, destroy, mayhem. I, I regret. That's what God says. I do regret. Yeah. So the thing is that I just don't agree. What do you What do you do with those stories? I don't know. I don't know. Do nothing with them. I well, no. I, and I think that's I mean, important. There has been stories for many, many years. It's, it's, a, it's a sacred book. I will. I will sure. do something with them. It's a book. No, I mean it makes my heart feel very sad, mm. and it doesn't. I I can't align it. I I can't align that. I can't make sense of that. I can't. Okay, like the destroyer part feels different than the murder part. Just so we're clear. Okay. I've, I've been an upset, <laughs> angry person, right? I've been like, oh, we all done here, and like you know, I've wanted to flip the table, or you know, I've thrown a cup at the sink and been upset, or mm. slammed the door. Okay, like I'm a regular human, yes, but like. Killing, though, feels very different from being angry in a moment and slamming a door, right? And so maybe if I had the power of God, it wouldn't feel that different. Like maybe if like, like you know, like I'm thinking about, uh -oh. who is it, like There's Zeus? There's a can of worms. I know, this is exciting. Thank you for catching up with me. Is it Zeus that has the... the um, exactly, the spear or the lightning bolt. The lightning bolt right. or Thor who has the hammer. Exactly. Okay, so I don't have those things. That's not part of my power. Thanks, God. Oh, you're so cute. I'm so blessed. <laughs> That's a blessing. Because you would have felt the hammer come, Many down, times. come down on your Many head. Many times. <laughs> a lot of burn marks. On <laughs> and now you... Anyway, can you please get back to what we're talking about? Can we just move on? Zeus, lightning bolt, Zeus, Thor, lightning bolt. Okay, hammer. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so my power is to slam the door. My power is to, you know throw the plate in the sink and be done with it or you whatever my power is to raise my voice so if i was had more power if i was you know something else then maybe 
my and my slamming the door would be killing someone. Huh. Uh, there's another excuse. Well, that sense seems very like a mental health problem. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that I'm saying that that to be having a mental health is something wrong. I'm just saying that what? that when when you you're reacting, you you're out of control of your reactions. That's what you said. That okay. people is not controlling their reactions. Maybe, and, yeah. And they just like I'm, 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 I'm angry and I'm killing these children, but I didn't know. Oh, I just was a reaction. Well, that's, they knew. That, I mean, I'm aware when situation. I slam a door. Like when I slam a door, I am angry and I am expressing my anger. I don't think that's a mental health issue. No. I am angry. I am expressing it. I'm slamming the door, right? Okay. Or I'm raising my voice. That's not a mental health issue. That's very normal yep. to raise your voice. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So right? he's, he's realigned. So I, I'm still with you. So, but but when you wield all this yes, power as yes. Zeus or Thor and what may seem to be an innocent act actually has gigantic or consequences. Or not innocent, but like a, a, a relatively uh, um, appropriate use of frustration or anger. Exactly. Right. Only because, but but because you were yeah, putting yeah, yourself, yeah. you were personifying yeah. yourself yeah, as keep God. Keep going. Keep going. Thereby, if I do this small, if I express this small about amount of frustration, right, it has devastating impact. Yeah. On the lower beings. Right. So, so like it's an earthquake. It's like Loki, or you know what I mean. Like it's exactly. whoever so that causes as a result, the earthquake. You know, like you know, you give somebody the stink eye. And a whole village is killed. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, that's then. Then you get to the point of responsibility of a powerful leader. Yeah. And how can a leader be responsible when they are imbued or granted power? Yeah. And that is so very important. Yeah. And you must have an individual deep within their core that has got a, a godly heart that where truth is the pinnacle. That is the goal. And it's not something that you reach for. You grasp it. You in, uh, embrace it. You practice it. And it's something it. that we as human beings can do. If you yeah. embrace the truth, then you will not make, you, you will not have those horrific consequences on others. And if something does occur, there will be regret. There will be apology. Yeah. There will be a commitment to no longer do that in the future yeah. and to control and have be truly responsible with that level of power that has been granted to that individual. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's so very important that we must focus on the truth mm. and we must be open to all of the vagaries that come with life. Mm. And that's the, that's the role of a responsible leader. Hmm. So the example that you gave of I'm God, I'm Zeus or Thor, but I have all this power yeah. and I do one little thing and all of a sudden there's mayhem yeah. all about you. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's an issue. I just want to mention, and I know we just have a couple, six minutes. Exactly so. right. So the thing is that I'm just, I have to bring back Jesus again here to this conversation and is that Jesus was the opposite of this story. Jesus is, is chosen not the good-looking ones. Jesus is choosing as disciples basically trash people. They, oh. he, goes, he goes to the poor. 
he, you know, he goes mm. to this. I'm, I, I don't want to people understand I'm saying trash as people who, mm-hmm. as, a, as a way of diminishing people. Castaways, marginalized. All these people who are marginalized and things like that. He, he goes to this type of people who doesn't... He goes to ordinary people, he, who doesn't, fishermen. People and who does qual- doesn't qualify to be the perfect leader or the good-looking right. one, uh, including your friend Peter is, is in the list. Uh, yep. You know, he, <laughs> he chooses kind of, kind of normal people. And then yes, yes. when it ha- happened to be with... Uh, foreigners or uh, or aliens or strangers, he welcomes them. Absolutely, people. And then with children, he said, "Let the children come to me." Come to me. So yes. he's not. He's the is a verse. The version, the opposite version of this God who is who is uh, very indecisive, indecisive, um, indecisive, indecisive, and, and punitive, and punitive, and angry. A, the, Jesus is this version of of this same God on the other side. So it's, what you, to say? I know, I just had this revelation. Oh my gosh. Here it comes. We got a revelation here. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> Go Stacy. No, Go Stacy. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not a theologian. But like, I mean, what if that was the whole point of Jesus? Like, what if like, Jesus was like, look, I don't want all the power. I want to go down, I want to go there as like a regular person. I don't want the, the I don't hammer want the of the word. I yeah, the, I don't want the, um, the lightning, lightning bolt. bolt. I don't want all that. I want to go. I want to be a regular person. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to do some healing. So if I could have that power, like if I could have the power to heal mm-hmm. and like multiply things and like feed people, right? Like mm-hmm. what if Jesus was just like in this like staff meeting <laughs> right with like i saw god and like other people last time of jesus being the prodigal son who said god i i'm, I'm you like it i'm kind of like i know you it's like very it. good you he like came it. up with this but you know but like, since we're talking but, this we're, but thing, we're talking about the power right we're talking about the power of god to that had the potential to cause harm. Exactly. Right. So, and so you finished. You finished what you're saying. That well, yeah. no. So in this instance, I just right. feel like. I mean, I, I hear you about the prodigal too. Yep, yep, yep. But I just feel like what we're talking about right now is maybe God slash, if we believe Jesus is connected to God, whatever we believe, willing to give up some of that power right. and say, "All right, let's back it off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 do a little bit less destruction." Mm-hmm and see what that's like. Like, let's just roll the dice with Jesus and see if like, hey, you know what? You gotta take on a human body. Uh You're gonna have to drink water and like eat and go on walks, you know, know, right? Like you're gonna have to do all the human things and you're gonna lose, you're not gonna have all the power. And then what would that be like? Then how, how would people, how would it shift creation or whatever? How would it shift the the concept of God, the perspective toward God, if we take away the lightning bolt. So Jesus is is God part two, and the the the, the next coming is God part three. I don't know. And I don't part four and five on but down But just the, the line. power piece of it is something I've never considered before mm-hmm. with Jesus. That's why I like Jesus. That's why I'm still a Jesus follower because I right. think he is this. He made 
what in whatever in his in mind was, he made this conscious, intentional decision of of doing things in the opposite way. He right. was, yeah. Even if you want power, I want. I don't want power. Yeah, exactly. And you don't know, put it on me. Yeah. Like, right, right, we talked about that last time. Like, yeah, I do refuses. not want to be the king of the Jews. Like, leave me alone, y'all. Right. That's not why I came. Mm-hmm. And, don't try and, to do that to me. And, and, and Jesus assumed that there is power in this world that is, is not upon him to fix. Yeah. So yeah. he said, there's no way I can fix the Roman Empire. Is it? This is how the world works. Mm-hmm. But, I've, but, but I've come to show you a new way. Exactly. Right. And, and, I'm gonna, and, and he's saying... Let's go back to the beginning of this. What if God is king of, of this of you as a Christian? You know, what if God is king of this with justice and peace? Yeah. So and in God in Jesus what is proposing this idea of the kingdom of God as let's go back to this idea of God being the king. How how life will look like, how a community will look like when God is the king and justice and peace are the are the rule the 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 factors, rulers, factors of this new community. Uh, yeah, it, we also don't have enough time right now, but I don't know. I don't even know if God, if Jesus was like stuck on the kingdom, kingdom part. Well, yeah, he was yeah. very stuck on that. And if you think about, it, he says, uh, the kingdom of God is here and now. Right. I mean, in, I mean, in yeah. like an authoritarian rulership way. No, not no, in that no, way. No. I don't. He, I don't think that's he, he what. He gave a lot of lessons to his disciples to say, no, 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 no. It's not like that. It's not yeah. about power. Yeah. It's about who watches the feet of the other one. Exactly. So it's, it's about who wants to be the community. Servant of the other. Yeah. It's not about power, about authority, about who wants to be in the right or the left. No, it's about serving others. It's about mm-hmm. be the servant. So it's about be compassionate to to marginalize people. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my real- that's my takeaway from it is that what is this thing about Jesus being willing to lose lose the lightning bolt? So I want to th- I want to think about that for the rest of the week. Okay. So I like that epiphany moment that you have. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you for being a so part of it. So what about you? <laughs> I think um, what, what resonates for me is that the kingdom of God is in the collective hearts of the congregation and the good works that we must do together. That is the kingdom of God. It's not in this titular figure, this one individual. It is in the collective hearts of all of us. Amen. That's that's there it is. And yeah. not much more to say. Beautiful, Ben. Oh, thank you. Well, the other thing, really I think the, the last thing is... I'm not the first the person who has said hearts, that. Though, I mean, <laughs> but it is. Yes. I mean, we look at, you know, we're part of, you know, we're all member of the, of, of the same church, a particular church, and there are many out there, but it is the collective hearts of our congregation mm. that does God's work. Mm. That's, that has always been the case in the hundred year history of this church that we happen to be members of. Mm. It's the collective hearts of the congregation, not the individuals that have been chosen with the responsibility of being our leaders. We have been lucky to have great leaders that have led us in the right way and some not so much. So well, there that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my, take, my take with this is more yeah. about the, 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 the whole history of our faith is against the superficial thing. Yes. yes. Uh, it's like, let's go, go deep yeah. on, the, on, on the heart of people. Right. Yeah. So don't come, don't come to me with your religion or your, or your 
practices that are okay if you, it makes something on you it's fine but let's let's talk about your heart what is in your heart mm -hmm. because it seems like if you got jesus was very into that he says if you if you look at a woman uh, and if you if your heart is is dark and if your eyes dark he was always looking yeah. through the deep of the human nature exactly yeah. so and I, i'm so glad that all these stories is is showing off showing up that that is not about the superficial things that right. are is about the heart yeah and, and if you're a good buddhist with a great heart oh my god you're my brother you're my sister exactly. and if you are a good uh, evangelical with a good heart you know you're my brother and your sister my Absolutely. sister of course you know good heart will, will be reflected in actions hmm. in, in inclusive actions in compassionate actions so and i think good hearts all, always have the chance to listen to the voice of God and to and to do the right thing for the rest yeah. of the world. As, as Gandhi mm. says, one's actions show one's priorities. Okay. Thank you, friends. Thank you for joining Thank us you. today. See you. See you next time. Leave Thank us some you. comments. Let us Desperado, know. Why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for so long now Oh, you're a hard one But I know that you got your reasons These things that